Hello and welcome back to Deja Vu, the show where we talk about films and their lasting impacts. I'm your host, Therese Canirons, and today we're going to be back to talking about the 1968 classic horror film, Night of the Living Dead. Night of the Living Dead is an independent horror film directed, photographed, and edited by George A. Romero, with a screenplay also by Romero and John Russo. It has been credited as a huge influence on the horror genre, as well as propelling a previously counterculture genre of film into the mainstream. I'm joined here today by my good friend and creative partner, Alex Benowitz. Thanks for coming on the show, Alex. Yeah, no problem. I'm, uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a pleasure of mine to be here. Yeah. Um, while never using the term zombie specifically, mm. Night of the Living Dead is credited with the creation of the archetypal zombie that we see in the media today. Before we get into the film specifics, what's a zombie franchise that you particularly enjoy? Um, I'm a big fan of The Walking Dead. You know, I've read some of the comics, hmm. um, and I uh, and and I watch the show. I'm uh, I, I I I used to be a pretty big fan of the of The Walking Dead. Yes, The Walking Dead. I I never got into The Walking Dead. Um, I know my parent my parents were really into it, but it was they they stopped watching it because of um you know cuz cuz of um um um, um the, the guy with the baseball bat oh, that had all the nails in yeah, it yeah that's why i stopped watching it that's also why you stopped watching it yeah <laughs> they like they they uh not to spoil the walking dead but like yeah once they once that guy once that guy with the nails showed up well he also did something to another guy everyone's favorite guy yeah and then no one wanted to watch the show anymore oh yeah but, oh, just so you know, there will be spoilers for Night of the Living Dead. You're allowed to say spoilers. Mm. I don't know if I told you that. Like the word spoilers? You can say the word spoilers. Okay, okay. <laughs> you can. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, for, like, zombies, everyone's talking about zombies right now because of, like, The Last of Us. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a huge, I feel like I'm going to get slammed for this, but I don't really love The Last of Us. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I never played the video game, but I am not a fan of, like, shows where they they claim to have an ensemble cast, but then they, they just ins- introduce the ensemble cast to, like, kill them off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I, I haven't uh, watched any of The Last of Us yet, <laughs> oh, which I probably, I probably should. Um, you should. But I I'm mean, a big fan of Chernobyl, and that's the, that's the same people. Oh, I, I didn't know that the people who did Chernobyl did. Yeah. Oh, that actually makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, okay. Actually getting into the film, though, um, what was your favorite scene or sequence from Night of the Living Dead? Mm-hmm. I really liked the beginning. I think it, I, I think it was just, just a really great way to, like, set up, um, the, set up the entire film. Uh, you know, they, they drive up to the cemetery... Mm-hmm. Um, and one thing that I noticed that was like a common theme was that it would ha- like there would be these really slow se- slow sequences where like suspense would be built up, and then the right. movie would just like the pacing would increase dramatically. How many times have you seen the movie? <laughs> um, I've seen this movie probably like two or three times. Mm. Um, I was introduced to it because it had been on my list forever, and it. Um, it was in the, f- I want to say, I want to say my first semester of 
freshman year uh, in history of narrative film. Mm. I think it was in the part one of that class because it's a two-part class. But we were doing, like, 1960s, um, like, the best, I think, best of the 1960s. And this was one of those films that they, like, really stressed, like, how, like, genre-creating it was and how groundbreaking it was for the time. And, like... It truly is really groundbreaking for mm-hmm. the time, like, um, with the the main character, like, Ben, he is a black man, and that is crucial to his character and his development throughout the film because he is trying to get these people to listen to him and, like, understand that he knows what he's talking about in order to protect them or, like, in order to... Uh, like keep them from like fighting each other and he's like not listened to and then by the very end of the film he gets to a place where he he finally is safe he finally has like beaten beaten the odds and gotten through the night and then he's just killed in the end anyways so like that is a very that was a very controversial and very like progressive ending for the time and like progressive writing I think and it's so interesting when you see a film like this versus uh you know any you could pick out like any like random slasher film or like monster films where there is like not really as much of a, a, a motivating theme or like message behind it all it's just mostly for the scare and like for the the spectacle of it all but like this film down to the very like to the very essence it is supposed to say it's supposed to be saying something about humanity and how we treat these big like mass like mass it's uh not I, I was gonna say mass extinction event but it's not really a mm-hmm. it's not an extinction event these these mass these mass murders i guess or like these massive tragedies and how we address them as as a society i kind of went on a tangent mm-hmm. yeah well the yeah back to the ending it is very different from the ending of like many many horror movies that you'd see today yeah like, I think if this was made today, you, you know, they'd, like, want to turn it into, like, the franchise picture, so it, uh... Well, it did, they did make it into a franchise, oh, eventually. It's great. like, I, it's like a, it's very, like, the first movie is what, like, where all the cult following is. Mm-hmm. Um, they did, they made a remake, and George, George Romero, like, wrote the remake like he wrote the screenplay for the remake he didn't direct it but it did like kind of well i don't know it's not really talked about because the original is better and the series i think the series like becomes more of a zombie franchise where like the first film you know they never use the word zombie Mm -hmm. specifically um, but it just becomes like the ghouls, because that's what they call them, ghouls, in that film end up evolving into like the zombies that we see today in media. Well, and being, uh, you know, being a film student, being, being, a, being a cinematographer, I think that this movie is very progressive in its use of camera work. Um, 
it, it, it uses a, a lot of handheld camera mm -hmm. in a way that I don't think I've really seen before in a film from from that era. Um, it has it, like it looks homemade, and but this homemade yeah. quality almost adds to the horror of it. Yeah, I agree. I I really think that like I well because um, I feel like the shaky cam in horror um, has become kind of like a like a mm -hmm. like a shtick or like um, uh, something that gets like like that beats a dead horse sometimes. Yeah. But I think in this film it's used very um, it's it's used sparingly. Yeah. Yeah, in a way that doesn't make it. Um, stale or boring mm -hmm. or cliche i think it works really well yeah i agree there th there's one specific scene where uh the protagonist i i forgot his name i should ben? know his name. there's a there's a scene where, where where ben is um is is fighting one of the uh infected z zombies should I just call them zombies? Ghouls? Ghouls. You can call them zombies. Okay. Uh, there's one scene where Ben is fighting one of the zombies. The thought that I had is that this is just such... Like, it, like the way that that scene was shot is just mm -hmm. so similar to how, like, someone would shoot that scene today. Yeah. Um, it doesn't look dated by any means. Uh, mm -hmm. it, it, like, I think, uh, yeah, if you look at any modern horror movie, they're... they're there's definitely a scene that, that that uses the exact same principles to create a horror effect. Yeah, I I agree. I I think the reason why this film holds up so well is because of what exactly what you're talking about. Like a lot of and and I think a big part of it too is the practical effects mm -hmm. that they use. Because um, I usually just find in general that practical effects hold up better than like whatever version of um computer mm -hmm. like graphics or cgi or any of that stuff that you put on like you know like with like <laughs> um um like star the star wars um when they came out when when lucasfilms came out with like the star wars deluxe versions that had the extra cgi in mm -hmm. it for some reason yeah like it looks bad and it takes you out of the immersion like this movie doesn't have any of that because it didn't exist so you're not looking at old dated cgi or like special effects you're looking at just like honest to god people or puppetry or practical like weird effects and i think it's way better and it holds up for way longer mm -hmm. so let's uh so like for example in the first scene when the guy is like like walking towards her yeah he's just like wearing like a normal suit and uh -huh. just like kind of stumbling around mm -hmm. so like you like that 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 holds up for you that that's that's like just a, <laughs> just as scary as like a zombie in the walking dead um yeah because i feel like that scene is more about the unknown of like mm -hmm. why is why is he chasing her why is he chasing both of them why is he attacking attacking her brother if like there's nothing physically wrong with him at all mm -hmm. like like why is this happening it's more in the suspense of not knowing than i think the like 
visual. Mm-hmm. I don't even. I don't. I haven't watched The Walking Dead. I'm gonna look up what the zombies look like right now. Yeah, they're a bit scarier, but I I, I suppose it's the psychological element that uh, that is really where the payoff is. Oh, The Walking Dead zombies are okay looking. Someone's gonna yell at me. Um, they're like fine. I think the the definitely the zombies the scariest like practical effects zombies i've ever seen um the ones from like have you ever seen train to busan no come on man train i didn't know that was a zombie movie yeah busan uh zombies (laughs) i want to show you what they look like these ones are like pretty scary because they look like humans. I think that's like part of it. Cause if it if it like looks too much like a different entity, mm-hmm. it's not as scary to me. Yeah. I think making it personified makes it scarier, which is why I think Night of the Living Dead holds up. But also, this is kind of unrelated, but the zombies in The Last of Us are really, really scary looking. And they don't look superhuman like but, like, just enough that it's scary. Do you know what they look like? Yeah, yeah, I've seen them. Yeah. Those ones, I think, are pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, this, uh, yeah, the design of these zombies was interesting. Like, yeah. so, ma- so many of them were very w- well-dressed. Yeah. <laughs> they were all just, they were in, like, office attire, a lot yeah. of them. Which, I, I mean, it reflects, like, because they're being buried in these, like, nice clothes. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they come out, out yeah. of the ground. But um, I don't know. I'm they like, don't have, like, any dirt on them or anything. You know, they're, yeah, just, in, like, they're very, just like Like, all their clothes are very finely <laughs> finely pressed. There's no wrinkles or anything. Yeah. They, they like, look like they just, like, walked out the dry cleaners yeah. post-mortem. Maybe that's actually, like, part of their tactic, you know? Maybe. Like, to make it seem like they're not a zombie. They, like, <laughs> make sure that there's no wrinkles in their clothes. Like, oh, he, the, like, there's no way that he just came, <laughs> came, came up from the ground. There's no way this man is a zombie. Yeah. Look at him. He's got new shoes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> why, why were so many of the zombies... Well, this movie is, like, dominated by, by men. Yeah. But why are so many of the zombies men? Like, there definitely were not an equal amount of male zombies and female zombies. I don't know. Maybe the women zombies knew not to eat the people maybe i know the real reason to this the real reason for this question but it's not as silly mm-hmm. that's fine it's just <laughs> it's just that a lot of like the other actors in the film were playing the zombies also oh i noticed that yeah the, I, I i noticed it specifically with i don't remember his name but the the, the bald guy yeah yeah i was like is, wait is he a, a zombie now but they they like they they didn't even change his costume. Like he's still wearing like the same like <laughs> pa- like pants and shirt. He's just like a zombie now. Yeah, they because it this movie's like super low budget. Yeah. like one of the most low budget mo- movies to low budget. Mm-hmm. But like, it you can t- you can tell with stuff like that um, mm-hmm. that they had like a small 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 cast. So I think all of them, except for the actor that plays Ben, I guess because it would be too obvious because he's literally, he's the only black actor they cast. Mm-hmm. But everyone except for him uh, played zombies as well. 
That's interesting. Yeah. So you can see it, like, the actress that plays Helen, she's, like, eating someone's leg at some point. Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh, my God, it's her. Yeah. You know? I don't know. I really, I like it. It, Because, it, like, what you were saying, it does it at times feel like a home movie in, like, mm -hmm. the best way possible. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the low-budget nature of it, I think, re really benefits it. Mm -hmm. um, especially since the story is is really small. Like, uh -huh. it's such a, 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 like, in in the film they talk about how, like, you know, this, uh, the, like, like, the radiation is, uh, is affecting the whole, the, the whole country or, like, a whole... A whole area yeah but the actual in the actual film all that we really see is confined to to one house to one location right um and it's really about like the people well at least in the second act it's it, it's really mainly about how seeing all these different people interact with each other and handle this and handle the situation and i found that to be really interesting yeah i think i think it it i think it really like benefits from that because if it were to be too big, mm -hmm. I don't know. A lot of the time you'll see, like, action or horror movies that are too big. Like, you're trying to stop something that's, like, taking over the world or taking over this, that, or the other thing. And I think sometimes it makes it too big to buy. Mm -hmm. Like, you're less likely... You're, you're less likely to think that your protagonist will succeed in a way that makes sense when it gets so big like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I th I think I think that's also like what I like to call um just like the like MCU like burnout where like mm -hmm. every movie they're fighting someone who's even bigger and badder than the last one. And it's like how much bigger and badder can they get? Yeah. When the conflict is smaller, it feels more real. Mhm. Mm and I think it makes it more grounded and interesting, honestly. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So um, a, a little thing I like to do at the end of the podcast is uh, talk about, like, what you would rate it out of five. And mm -hmm. then if you have a letterbox, which Senna last time did not have a letterbox. Do you I, have a letterbox? I do have a letterbox. You do have a letterbox. Yeah. You can plug it if you'd like. Oh. And tell us what you rated the film out of five. Okay. Well, I am a bit more of a, like, when it comes to rating movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, it's kind of kind of rare, maybe a red flag, but I use IMDb mostly. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I I, I think I prefer the ten point scale rather than the five point scale on Letterboxd. See, I I Senna brought this up too that she thinks that five out of five is harder than out of ten because you want to be able to do like four and a quarter, which you yeah. can without a ten, because then it would be. Uh, I don't know, math, eight and a half. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean. Yeah, well, I mean, if, if, if I was to rate it, I'd probably give it, I think four stars would be, would be, uh, would be adequate. Out of five? Yes. Yes. Um, I, I, I don't think this is one of my favorite movies, but I definitely think there's a lot to take from it. Yeah. Uh, I definitely think it's definitely valuable in, 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 in that sense. And it's definitely, it was definitely interesting to, to, to watch, uh, to watch this film and then see how it affected, uh, many of the horror films that I made today. Yeah, I, I agree. I also gave it a four for similar reasons. Um, I really do think that 
it's like a great jumping off point if you're having any conversations about horror I think that this should be included and just get the recognition it deserves for setting an entire sub genre of monster movies like the zombie French like zombie franchises that we have today would be nothing without this film Mm -hmm. you know Um, it really set that foundation so yeah but uh, that's all the time we have today on the show. Uh, thanks for coming on the podcast, Alex. No problem. Thanks for having me. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, tune in next time to hear uh, my thoughts and opinions on the 2022 film Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Um, thanks for listening. Bye, guys. Bye. That's when you say bye, bye. too. Bye. <laughs> Check out theithican.org for more interesting and creative content. You can listen to any of the Ithacan podcasts wherever you get your podcasts or check us out on theithican.org.